Let's, let's worship him. This is a prophetic word to the church around the world. Because as I was standing here, I began to hear the Lord whisper to me about the nature of faith. And I've, I've said this to you before. I said, you believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, what if the reason they don't speak with their mouth is because they don't believe in their heart? Because the reality is, in every part of your life, that which you believe in, you do speak about. There is no hesitation. There is no withdrawal. If you believe in cars, if you love cars, you talk about cars. If you love hockey, you talk about hockey. If you love uh, art, you talk about art. Whatever you love, you talk about. Whatever you love, you talk about. What is really in your heart, you talk about. Father, forgive us. Come and change our hearts because we haven't loved you. We don't talk about you because we don't. Come and change our hearts, Lord. Break up the fallow ground of our hearts, Lord. We want to believe. We want to be people of faith. What the Lord is doing in the midst of the earth is he's raising up a sound. The sound is one of complete abandoned desire. I must have him. And he's perfecting that sound. He's birthing that sound. He's increasing that sound. And he's empowering us, training us to give ourselves to that sound. Because it's the sound that heaven's going to respond to. It's the sound of the bride that says, come. It has to be authentic. It has to be filled with a desire. It's not an imitation. It's not a form of a sound. We're not pretending to have desire. Uh, but there is this sound that maybe you've tasted a few times in your life. When you were broken and desperate, when you're on the verge of losing something, have you ever been on the verge of losing something? Have you ever been desperate where if something doesn't happen, you're gonna die. If something doesn't happen, you're gonna lose your house. If something doesn't happen, the one, the girl you love, the man you love is gonna leave from your life. Will you be silent in that moment? No, everything inside of you cries out. But is that the desperation that we seek him with? Or do we know we have more time? He's bringing us to a climactic moment where we 
We say, come, Lord Jesus. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. And so, whatever moment we're in, whatever level we're at, we say, come, Lord Jesus. Do you remember when Jesus said to the disciples, let it be to you according to your faith? You know, there are ministry gifts that God gives us, apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers, and they administrate the things of the kingdom, as do you, each of us do in some way, in some level. But what if the ability of those gifts to administrate elements of the kingdom was limited to your faith? What if the degree of God you were experiencing was according to your faith? What if you came to church week after week, meeting after meeting, meeting hoping something would be done for you, but you were always only getting what you were giving. There's no what ifs. That's the reality. You experience God to the degree that you believe. You feel God to the degree that you believe. You, you believe, you step into the realm of the Spirit and you release the presence of God in your world to the degree that you believe. That's why it says in Romans that God gave men a depraved mind because he said, I gave you a measure of the evidence of me. You ignored it, and so I shut that thing down so that even what was evident to you now is lost to you. So we are, we are either on one track, we are either decreasing in faith or we're increasing in faith according to how we give ourselves to what we already believe. And so however imperfect the sound of my love, however imperfect my faith is right now, I'm going to say, God, you are good and you are greatly to be praised. With however much desire I can put into it, I'm going to say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Even if it sounds empty, because I'm going to give myself to this pursuit, and I'm going to direct my heart by voicing that which I have. I am tired of receding faith in my life. Are you tired of receding faith in your life? Are you waiting for God to prove himself to you? No, rather I will prove myself to you. You are the one that deserves proof of faith. You are the one who deserves, deserves proof of life. We are the ones who will make a sound and make a noise. 
like the blind man when he heard you were there, Lord. We know this today, this morning, is another moment when we can catch your ear. Jesus! 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 Spruce Grove needs you! We need you! Jesus is looking to use your faith. Because everything that he does on the earth, he does via somebody's faith. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And through that, Abraham became a blessing to all the nations of the earth. And God is looking to bless the nations. But more than that, not only that, rather, He's looking to build a kingdom complete with thrones and dominions. And those who will occupy the greatest thrones are those who give their lives in the service of him. Abraham served the Lord and blessed the people by his faith. We're here today to seek God, that God would release something in this part of the world that would bless the world, bless our community, bless those that don't believe. And sometimes you think, well, yeah, why, how come I'm asked to believe and they're not? Listen, God is not mocked. Others will get the blessing of your faith as you got the blessing of somebody else's faith. You're here today because somebody else believed. Now use that to bless somebody else. That's why we worship. That's why we seek him. Oh, God. Don't hide that faith that has been given to you and bury it in the ground. Use it. Use it. Cry out. Seek him. Perfect that sound. That sound of desire. That's what he's doing in us. And believe me, the reward will make it plenty worthwhile, the sacrifice. Can you say amen? Now, I don't know if you caught it, but just right now, there was a seed just released about uh, one of the parables, the, the servant who buried it in the ground. There was a, an understanding to enter the room that I'm going to give time to myself later on because there was something in that beyond what I've seen. Father, thank you that you've opened treasures for us. Father, we protect that seed right now that was sown in this room. And we say, God, in Jesus' name, let it bring forth an understanding and a revelation. Oh, God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.
I want to just share a couple little things. I'm going to actually have Gavin come forward. So Gavin's going to be ready to share. Chris is going to be ready to share here in a minute. But um, I want you to see something. Years ago, I met a guy, and uh, he was a, kind of a funny guy. Um, the Lord really blessed him financially. But he, all the time that he was uh, serving the Lord, he was really radical lover of God. He had a hard time with the people of God, though, which really stifled his, the expression of his Christianity. But nevertheless, he had this unique perspective on God and was able to worship God and honor God to some degree. And he said, he came here and visited once, and he said he was really blessed by the worship because he said, there's, a, there's a, uh, an experience I have, he said, when I'm worshiping, when I, I, I enter this realm where I see Jesus in a particular posture, and that, that seeing him uh, receiving worship in that way is a testimony to the kind of worship that's going on in the room, which um, it, it may be true that, you know, I, I'm not saying that that's exclusively what it was. I actually have a feeling that uh, the worship of others helped him enter a realm where he perceived the Lord uh, in his worship more effectively as well. But nevertheless, Habakkuk 3, 3 and 4 sort of represents this. And I'm going to just share this at the beginning here. And I may not pronounce some of these Hebrew words correctly, so if there's any Hebrew scholars here who want to help me out with that in the future, um, I welcome that. But it says, God came from Taman, or Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran, or Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. Uh, the glory, his glory covered the heavens. Oh God, give us a revelation of your glory covering the heavens and the earth that is full of praise. His brightness was like the light, and he had rays flashing from his hands, and there his power was hidden. Uh, so he, he said to me, he said, whenever I feel there's a fullness, there's a certain threshold of worship crossed, he said, I always get this vision of the Lord with outstretched hands, receiving our worship in flashes of power coming out of his hands. That's a, that's a powerful picture. Um, and it, I, I regard it in this sense that I always feel when we come together this requirement, this need to honor him in a way that causes his glory to be reflected in the room. You know, there's another psalm that says, uh, give glory to the Lord. Give the Lord the glory due his name. Give the Lord, I mean, think of that. It, you know, that's whether it's a, a, a command to you or just a statement of what we, we ought to be doing in our worship. Give the Lord the glory due his name. 
Um, I don't know about you, but I, I get challenged by those kinds of statements. I can't read the Bible without being challenged in my own life. Because the question it asks me is, Mark, are you giving God the glory due his name? Probably not. Now, I, you know, I'm not going to examine and ask questions here, but what is your posture right now? When I said that to you, when I said that, give the Lord the glory due his name, did you immediately have a sense that you do give Lord the glory due his name? Or did you immediately feel like, ah, yeah, I think I'm missing the mark on that. I think most of us, hopefully, would feel like we're not really doing justice to that call. Because how do you do that? How do I, with my orientation, my weakness, my, the physicality of my being, you know, my distracted mind and all the rest of that, how do I really give God the focus, I mean, the glory to his name. I can't even give my wife the honor that's due her name. Hello? And I guarantee it's less than him. You know what I'm talking about? Well, how do you honor somebody? What are the different ways you honor somebody? Well, you know, how about when they're talking, you listen? Do you always do that? Isn't that one of the biggest challenges of this generation, you know, in terms of uh, the opportunity for distraction? I mean, you go in prayer... Uh, Sunday morning, anywhere, at any time. Right now, there's probably somebody texting right now. Okay, the ability to be present in the moment, the ability to be focused is not that common. Other than in little, you know, we focus on what we love to focus on, right? If you're really hungry, you can really focus on that hamburger. I am giving that hamburger my full devotion right now. I'm going, giving the burger the glory do its name. But there, the, the possible incremental measures of what I can do towards giving him glory versus what I do might be, might be lacking, might be falling short. Well, that's okay because that's what God's at work at. And if I, if I, uh, this is what I want to say. Listen, you could say God is increasing your faith. God is giving you more faith. God is maturing you. You can use all kinds of language for what it looks like this journey is from the start to the end. But I'm going to tell you, one of the key ways that God measures it is how much glory you can give him, how much honor you can give him. Well, I, I felt, oh man, I felt so many things this morning. But let's just stop there for a second because, because this is what we want to talk about. This, uh, you know, at least lay a foundation here. Uh, Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. That's a part of that, you know. When you're coming into worship, you try, you're setting your mind on things above. There's other places where we're told, you know, whatsoever is good, whatsoever, think on these things. Uh, how often do you do? With what kind of regularity do you set your mind on things above? It's hard during, you know, hockey season. It's hard during football season. It's hard during meals. It's hard during work. It's hard during worship. <laughs> right? 
you know, we don't have to get religious about it in terms of, oh, I'm, I'm a terrible worshiper. But the point is, what qualitative amount of honor can I give the Lord? Well, this morning we did a lot of exercise in there because I'm always aware of this and I'm working on this thing with, with, with my, in my own life where I'm trying to give the Lord as much of my focus as I can for periods of time. So I shared this morning, I said, to, I can't remember even how I worded it, but I said in the prayer, I said, let's try and honor Jesus for as long as we can, as, as you know, try and track what your mind is doing. Okay? And sure enough, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm worshiping Jesus. I see Jesus, his hands going, oh, that reminds me of that scripture in Habakkuk and how Jesus, that reminds me of the guy who told me that. And that reminds me of blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh yeah, Jesus. You know, you track, you pay attention to what your mind is doing. You know, in terms of how much attention you're giving to Jesus. Now, he's not going to be one of those black holes you know, of, of a personality who, you're not worshiping me. That's, a, that's a, a, a line from a famous movie that Wendy loves, but she's sick, so she's not here today, so I'll have to tell her about it. But he wants, uh, not only wants, but he deserves our attention. He deserves to be the center. He, de he deserves that our lives should orient around him. And the question is, how real is that for us? And there's other elements to it, but Chris, why don't you come in? How does that go for you, Chris? This is funny. Um, I just want to share right before I get to what he wants me to share. I was thinking about something uh, last week, and I shared it with Mark and someone else, but um, I have a terrible habit, and one of my terrible habits is this, is I don't drink enough water. Anybody else do that? We just don't drink enough water? Look, oh, wow, that's almost the whole church. All right. Um, I do this all the time. I just don't drink enough water. And then uh, I'll go home, and I'll be talking with Jen, and me and Jen will be chatting, and I'll say, I got a headache. And Jen will say, well, did you drink enough water today? Well, no. We'll go drink some water. And so the next day will happen. And I'll go through my next day. And all of a sudden, I'll have a headache again. And I'll talk to Jen, and I'll be like, man, I got a headache again. Did you drink enough water? I'd say this has gone on for, what, 18 years of our marriage, <laughs> roughly? Yeah, 18, 18 years only. For, well, for my life, probably 40-some years, right, as long as I've been alive. I just don't drink enough water. Now, anybody know how important water is to us? It's pretty important. We need water, right? But there's something inside of my head, I don't know what it is, that thinks every day I can get up and I can do it my way, that I actually don't need this water, that I can have other things like hamburgers and pop and all this other stuff and be fine, coffee, lots of coffee. And then I get my headache again and again and again and again. There's something in our minds that thinks we can go without water. And it's the same thing. Like, and you guys proved it. It's like 90% of you guys just don't drink enough water. You need to change that. All right? It's the same thing in our faith. Every single day, there's something within, within each of us that thinks we can do this on our own. We can't. 
And so what Mark did this morning is he asked us for eight minutes, was the words he used, for eight minutes, eight minutes, can you focus on Jesus? The last eight minutes we have right now, can you focus on Jesus? I lasted 20 seconds. I'm not lying, right? My head went to all the, and it wasn't all bad. Like my head went to some illustrations and analogies. And I actually want to share that with you this morning. Um, I, my head kind of went to this place as I've been working out for quite a while now. And one of the programs I do, it uh, involves working in what we call maximum intervals. And so you will work to you can't work anymore, right? You will hit your max. And when you hit your max, you're to get up and you're to go write it down on a piece of paper. This was my maximum today. Well, say it took me three minutes and I all of a sudden I couldn't go any further. I stopped after three minutes, right? So then I'll go the rest of my week, I'll do my workouts and stuff like that, and I'll come back to this maximal interval. And I'll see if I actually can beat my maximum interval. And so that's my goal each time, is I actually want to condition myself so that I can go to a higher level of maximum intervals each week. And this morning I was telling them, I almost felt that way, that God is challenging us to build a greater capacity, that our maximum intervals, he wants it to go further and deeper. And that for some of us, our maximum intervals right now is 20 seconds. You know, where did my head go? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm making a confession. All right, so this morning we we're praying, and I actually went about five or six minutes. Where's Della Ray? Is she here? Della, plug your ears. Thank you. So there's a show I sometimes watch. So I'm making a confession. I sometimes watch The Walking Dead. I know. There's a whole bunch of stones outside. You can, you can nail me later. If you have no sin, that is. Right? Okay, you can unplug your ears. Um, so sometimes I watch this show, and I watched it like last week, and there was a, a scene in there that bothered me. There's a character in it, and they named him Jesus. And it irritated me really bad. And so we're sitting in prayer, and we're praying, and Mark says, you know, just focus on Jesus for eight minutes, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm like... And I get this image of this guy <laughs> from the show because his name is Jesus. And I'm like, why is my head going there? Right? And I was frustrated with it. And I actually just started praying, God, help us with our capacity. We get so distracted just by the littlest things that will set us off. You know, even this morning, I, I went right back to because now I'm aware of it. And I'm like, focus, focus, just focus on God. And then all of a sudden I look around. I'm like, oh, it's nice outside. I should go for a bike ride with Gavin later. You know, it's like, where did that come from? You know, and how again, God is asking us, can you build your capacity? Can you actually stay connected for more than a minute? Right? We need to. It goes back to that water illustration. If we can't do this, we will die. We have to have him in here. He has to be the thing that consumes every single part of us. Amen. So, one of the things that becomes evident if you've ever led anything, if you've ever had to make a series of announcements, you realize that the people, even right now, I'm looking out here, and what's happening, If I wish we could track where your minds were at. You know, what if, what if there's a little screen above your head would pop up, you know, as soon as 
you're not even in the room anymore, and Pastor Mark is wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I mean, it's true, because I know just from making announcements. You know, we make announcements for two months. Two months. And, you know, during that time, people are going to be there a couple of times during the announcements, and people are still surprised by the event that was, what? We're doing what? <laughs> When's that happening? Why didn't anybody tell me? <laughs> Why? Because we are not present. I mean, you'd be surprised. Again, if we could actually, you know how computer uh, um, websites can track people that are online, you know, people that are connecting and downloading from their site. If we could track how much you're downloading from what's being said right here during a sermon, or how much you're downloading, downloading from the Lord during worship, what would it look like? You know, we don't say this to, to shame anybody because, you know, Chris being one of the most excellent guys also fails. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Della fails too. Just a few minutes ago, she was thinking about golf. So, but here's the thing. Imagine if you were uh, a foreman on a job and your workers were like that, that as soon as they got distracted in their minds, they stopped working. How much work would get done? What, and if work got done at all, what quality of work would it be? I mean, this is, this is the reality. What if... Your worship actually did something. I believe worship does do something. I believe worship establishes the conduit between me and God and how much I receive for my benefit and how much, and it feeds into when I tap into his presence, that it actually causes something in the earth that he's doing to be built. I mean, uh, come here, um, Val, come here a second. I, th I was thinking of this illustration earlier. Plus, I love Val, and I haven't seen her in a couple of days, so it would be good for her to come up here. I don't know if you noticed, but Val is pregnant. Is. <laughs> so Val is pregnant, and uh, this baby is in there growing and developing, and as she eats and as she breathes and as she sleeps, there's this constant uh, process that's going on inside of her. And that baby is developing. You know, there's an exchange of chemicals and energy and all kinds of things, you know, that I'm not qualified to talk about. But, but it, there's development going on. And one day, of course, that baby is going to be birthed. Now, this is happening quite unconsciously for her. Though at times she does have consciousness of the burden that's uh, at work inside of her. But there is, you know, a natural flow. She doesn't have to think, okay, develop, baby, develop. You know, she doesn't have to push, you know, energy towards the baby for that baby to continue. As long as she's just, you know, healthy and rested and eating properly, that baby's going to develop because there are natural uh, processes. What if she had to be purposeful? What if the baby only ate 
when she focused on the baby eating? What if the baby only received nutrients or nourishment or whatever developmental things she gets from Val's body only when Val gave attention to that baby? What would the gestation period be? Nine months? Thank you. I think you get the idea, right? It would take forever, forever. Because we just, you know, well, why do you say that? Because there are things that God wants to do and he's looking for worshipers. Why? Because he needs people who are purposeful to feed into what he's birthing on the earth. God uses the bandwidth of your faith to bring things from heaven to the earth. His presence, the measure of his presence at work in a nation comes down to how much bandwidth he can pull from the collection of, you know, 500,000 or however many born-again Christians who actually connect with him and draw from his presence. So let's say there are 500,000. Let's say you are one of those. How much, you know, and this was you were pulling down from the, like pulling down from the electrical grid. If you were pulling down power to feed into this thing that God was birthing from heaven, what would be your net contribution? I mean, this is what, this is what I'm talking about. What if you could change your net contribution? What if you could change the bandwidth, the amount of power you're drawing down? What if you could change the regularity with which you tapped in and drew down? What if, on the other hand, we were all like Chris and me and everybody else. You see, the nature of, I remember when the Lord started to deal with, with me with this, but it wasn't even just around the idea of worship. It was just around the, the lusts of the mind, the uncontrollable lawlessness that is at work in your mind. Do you know how much lawlessness there is? I remember when I was... Uh, we were in a deliverance course. I can't remember what it's called in at Christ of the Nations. And I was reading Watchman Nee. And we were forced to read a couple of chapters that had to do with the mind. And particularly about the passive mind. And one of the things, that he, as he started to describe some of the dynamics that would happen, he would describe me to a tease. Like, do you have moments when you just sort of, you know, kind of aren't there? And you realize you haven't thought of anything for the last 10 minutes. I guarantee it happens every Sunday. I've seen it. If I was, you know, if we were more comfortable with one another, I'd, I'd say, hey, Melody, come on. I'm only saying that because Melody doesn't, doesn't get too much distraction. But the point is, there's a training going on because God needs you, because God wants to use you because you're worshiping is important first for yourself, but then, and the, but then the question is, what's that word you use? Increasing our what? Uh, maximum something. Your maximum interval. How many minutes can you really focus on him for? What if we started to make that a part of our training? You know, like you. I can't impose that on you. But what if you thought, oh, wow, man, we started worshiping and I was on chili before I knew it. I was, I was composting within seconds. I was, I was on a beach tanning. I was, you know, at lunch with my, I was thinking about my finances. I was somewhere else. 
Where do you go? How often do you go? Can you be present with the Lord for more than a few seconds? Track it. Start thinking about it. Because I realized that, man, I had a lot of those moments. Not only that, I could read pages of Scripture only to suddenly go, oh, what did I just read for the last five minutes? I mean, my, my eyes were glazing over the words, but I was thinking about hockey. I was thinking about, you know, or, or just nothing. What is that? It's part of the struggle that's going on in the mind. The mind is a gateway that is stealing much of our ability to connect with the Lord. And it's not being helped by television and technology. Furthermore, it's not being helped by drugs. Now, I expect nobody here is doing a lot of drugs. But one of the things that drugs does in your life is it, is it dismantles your ability to rule over your mind. And if you've ever uh, been on drugs like acid or something like that, that's the funny thing about it, is you absolutely lose all control as to where your mind goes. I mean, it's, and yet it opens up another realm where your mind goes too, which you have no control over. Why, why are these things important? Because what happens through drugs and some of these things is a, is a version or a perversion of what needs to happen, the antithesis that, uh, that needs to happen through worship. And what God is training us for is to bring something into the earth by focusing purely on the Lord, by worshiping, by honoring him, by, by loving him. What if, what would it look like if 100 people, 150 people, or however many could get, gather in at one time for any service, we could give ourselves entirely to the Lord at the same time? That's a part of what unity is about, is to be engaged. The truth is a small, tiny, 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 tiny percentage of us make possible the amount of presence we experience. A very small percentage. Why? Because we are just that distracted. Never mind with illegitimate things, just legitimate things. You know, if you're in here and you got kids, right? I mean, I talk to moms all the time. We raise five kids. I mean, I, I know what it's like. It's like, well, yeah, worship is lost to me because I have a child. Part of the reason we have a nursery, by the way, in order to you to have an opportunity to train yourself to focus only on the Lord. Why? It's an important thing. It blesses a room. Gavin, come for a second. I just heard this testimony because part of what we're doing here is training people to be, a, you know, the points of release for the presence of God in a meeting. And uh, Gavin shared with Chris, and I heard Chris' testimony, said, I thought it would be great for you to hear what God is developing in your lives and the perspective he has from it. So I just want to uh, give you an observation that happened uh, last weekend. Uh, there's a group of us men from uh, this body uh, involved in Promise Keepers. And so this is, I think, six, seven hundred men come to it. And so there's a varying degree of, like... Uh, 
guys who step in off the streets to groups that come from churches on buses and men's groups. And, and so there's the full spectrum of uh, faith or non-faith even coming into the room. So, um, and, and the venue that it was at, they, it Promise Keepers just kind of doesn't really allow you know, to speak in, in, in the spirit to uh, uh, tongues and, and, and so, and, and our men so, uh, were, were allotted to the prayer room. And so, <laughs> and so, you know what, I, 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 I was doing security, so I wasn't exactly in the prayer room, and so I always had to be out and about. And, um, and then I, I had a break and I stepped into the prayer room and what do I walk into? It's, it's our men, guys face down, guys declaring, guys speaking in tongues, yelling it in tongues. The spirit, you know, this, it, it couldn't be contained, couldn't be contained. And these guys were interceding for that group of men who are out there. And that's the training that's, that's happened here that goes out this door. And so, and then another avenue of that too was during worship, so this is the corporate worship, six, seven hundred guys. I look around, and there's not many guys who are just abandoned. There just isn't. And then a few of the guys that I see, guess what? They're from the house. They're from here. And then there's other characters I know that aren't from this church but, are, but know the Lord, and they're spirit-filled. And then they're, they're, they're there. And, and it's that worship and it's warfare, and it's declaring, and it's contending, and then, and then, and then in, our, in the prayer room, there, I mean, we're getting, we're getting re prayer requests from this whole conference, and it's one after the other, failed relationships, my wife's leaving, uh, sickness, disease, infirmities, pornography, uh, uh, I, I'm not a spiritual leader in my family, this, this is a stack of requests like this and then you walk into that room of 600 men and it's like oh these guys are walking wounded they're they're injured they're there's it feels as though there's no power like it's it's like because the spirit isn't being imparted and so then out of that it's just it lacks its power and then, and I'm, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, drastic times. I mean, we got these prayer requests. There are, there are men written off. And these, some of these men, don't forget, are, are guys that have come from churches, who have come from, they, they have a, a level of belief. And yet, hands in pocket during worship, or, or even when it was, pr you know, prayer, corporate prayer, it's just like a, a timidity. Scared, or don't even know that they have access to the throne room, that they have access to the power and the glory and the honor that Jesus Christ wants to give to them, and 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 instead it's cloaked in religion and has a form of that godliness, but it'll never have that power. And so that that's the training we got in here to take out there. Well, I was. I was excited because, you know, sometimes all you see is the cost. Sometimes all you see is the effort you have to put in. Oh, oh Mark's back. We're going to have to pray in tongues out loud. 
Oh, we're going to have to be deliberate about our worship. We're going to have to. Yes. Yes, we're going to have to. Why? Because I've seen the alternative. I've seen people who believe but are less effective. And, you know, I'm glad for every level of impact believers can make. But what if we were all only scratching the surface? What if we could pull the reins on some of these things? What if we could focus our hearts? What if we could use what we have? What if the, as wonderful as the presence of God has been in here at different times, what if we could quadruple it by being present? What if, what if I, people were not so defensive about being challenged to be present? Because largely, we can't challenge one another. Because, well, yeah, yeah. And again, I don't want us to be sitting there and be judgmental every time during worship we look over and somebody's not doing what they're supposed to. I just want us to own ourselves in the moment. Okay, so don't use this to be the police. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? Uh, police yourself. Make it an effort to start marking. Oh, what's my maximum interval? Okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this moment. I'm not going to look around and, oh, yeah, the color in this room is really good. I like that. I mean, again, is there still value in you being in there? Absolutely. But what if more could be done for you and for others because of the focus? I'm telling you, that's why we're here. It's not just you. It's me. It's all of us. But God is wanting to increase. The, the short and long of it is this. God wants to use you. God wants to use your faith. That one of the primary places, besides what happens when we go out, but, but that your capacity to give him honor, to truly glorify him, to give him all of your heart, all of your focus, to, to be fixated on him and to let your heart flow to him is, is a significant indicator of what's happening in the whole of your life. And if you could start governing those moments, if you could start like Chris was saying, how he, how he did that thing physically uh, and start growing, can you pay attention? Can you pray in tongues without thinking of anything else other than Jesus? for five whole minutes. And then when you realize at two and a half, you're, you're filling out tomorrow's menu or whatever it is, then say, ah, I need to, I need to focus this. Because you start to find out what are the problem areas in your mind. But I believe God could do something amazing in our lives, and already is, already is. There's no question about it. He's doing it. But the other part of it is this, and I just want to bring attention to it, and then I don't know if Jim has a little summary of something or our application, but um, one of the things that came up here in worship was about what I've said, and how, you know how many times I've said it. You believe in your heart and you speak. I thought what I saw 
in terms of a challenge from the Lord is very important. What if our reluctance to speak is because we don't actually believe? Because the reality is, whether it's whatever your hobbies, whatever you're passionate about, you have no problem talking about it. Got a guy who loves his grandkids. Wherever he goes, within seconds, he's whipping out pictures of his grandkids. Right? So the question starts to be, where is my heart? Where is my heart? Not to condemn you, but to actually take inventory. Am I even able to give God glory in this sense? And is the evidence telling me otherwise? And if so, what am I going to do about it? Because it's in our hands. We don't have to wait for something magical to happen to us. We just have to own our hearts, our minds, our focus, or lack thereof right now. Steve-O? This is Steve-O. Uh, oh. Uh, you're welcome to still come up after. Um, during worship, I started singing this thing. Do you remember that deal? Set a fire in my heart that I can't contain, that I can't control. Was that it? Um, I was over on the piano, and there was something about that that uh, I felt we needed to strike. It was that word control. Um, what is it inside of us that wants control? We're singing about something that we would, we're crying out to God, would you do something inside of me that I cannot control? Because if you don't, I will control it. Why? Why? Why, God? Why is there that thing in my heart that demands control? And I was kind of meditating on that as we were worshiping, and I felt like because, one, what Mark just said, one, we don't believe, and two, because I value what I currently have more than what I think I'm going to achieve by letting go. you guys stand with me there is a place in our hearts that God is after and it's around this place of control and this morning we want to enter into that place of saying God we relinquish we've said this all before but there's something different that he's looking for I see it like a rev limiter on an engine that we keep bumping it. We can't go any higher. And so we end up disengaging and we end up turning the engine off and saying, I guess I can never ascend. I guess I can never go through that limit. Has anybody felt that? In this moment, Father... Could we strike our flesh? That place in us that demands control. That place in us that demands that we rule, that we reign. We honor you, but we stay in control. That is false honor. 
that is not honoring a king as a king is due to be honored. We have set ourselves up as king. And we come to worship and we come to honor God and we keep hitting the ceiling and we bounce off of it and our heads get tired and we quit because we cannot break through. Because there is a place within my heart that will not relinquish control. Father, that is me. If that is you, just own it this morning. That has been me. I have done that. I have walked in that. I have exalted myself against the knowledge of God. But by the grace of God, we have been given insight. We have been given revelation and wisdom. And we declare a strike against our flesh. That place within me that demands control, I strike it in Jesus' name. Control in the natural realm, that control in my flesh, in the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of his shed blood, I tear that thing down. I will be free in Jesus' name. Declare that over yourself. I will be free in Jesus' name. It is time for this body to ascend. It is time for this body to be free in worship. It is time for this body to go beyond wherever we have imagined possible. It is time for the sound of God to captivate our hearts. It is time for that to resonate so deeply within my being that then I cannot control it. I cannot contain what God is doing inside of me. I must release. I must sing of his glory. I must exalt God because it is so powerful and uncontrollable what is taking place inside of my being. And I declare freedom in this house in Jesus' name. We have tasted, we have only tasted freedom in the spirit. We have only tasted ascension into the realms of glory. We have only tasted these ribbons of light. Father, today is the day. We establish in our hearts and in our minds that today is a day of turning. Today is a day where we say, Holy Spirit, take control. Take control. Father, we declare shifting into mindsets right now in Jesus' name. Where we have perceived ourselves as something we are not. Shift in Jesus' name. Shift where we have acquired earthly mindsets. Shift in Jesus' name. Where we have acquired earthly identities. Shift in Jesus' name. Come on! Shift. Mm. Father, where we have capped in worship, where our sound has been limited, where our experience of the Spirit has been limited, break, 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 break in Jesus' name. Break it off. 
There is no more ceiling. In the name of Jesus. Father, captivate our hearts. Captivate our hearts, oh God. With the reality of who you are. The reality of who you are. Oh, in the name of Jesus. God, there is something. It may be small in us, but that desire, you feel it. It burns. Father, we pour water on that thing. Grow, 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 grow in Jesus' name. That place within our spirits that has never been satisfied. Grow. Holy Spirit, would you pour yourself out upon our lives? Unrestrained. By my need for control. And now we just turn and glorify God. For God is worthy. For God is holy. He is set apart. There is no other. And we worship you, O oh God, as you are in the beauty and the majesty, in the magnificence. You, O oh God, are high and lifted up. Your sound is beginning to fill the earth. And we declare an ever-increasing increase, increase of your sound, O oh God, that causes very creation to respond increase in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus, would you continue growing us, maturing us, and cover us up and protect us from pride, oh God, that we would never begin to honor ourselves again but we would honor God. We would honor God. So today we honor you. We honor you. Just pray, Lord, as well, you'd give us a vision of you. <laughs> give us a vision of you so we would, we would be compelled compelled that we would understand what's due your name. Amen. We desire something. We're asking for things that maybe we don't understand. Yet by faith we step onto the water. And we say, do your work in our midst. We say, have your way in our hearts. We say, take us to the places that you would have set apart for us. God, I'm asking for an increase of the maximum interval.
We ask for an increase. We do not sit back. We run towards the sound that you make. Shake the earth. Shake within us, oh God. Shake us loose like the bolts that hold something together. Rust them and shake them apart. The structures and the vehicles that have been assembled for generations are about to be made anew because he's dismantling the heart and rebuilding it with something more pure. At first it might look like it's weaker. At first it might look like it's less. But I assure you that what he is building in this day will last until his return. There is literally a wall of water being held back, waiting, waiting, waiting for the hearts of the people to turn. now increase our faith I know sometimes it's hard to see these things but I'm saying they're there they are there God assures you that they are there give yourself to it so we give ourselves to this Lord we ask for the release of heaven journey and this is a really critical uh, threshold to get over it's where you begin to realize the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet which means you are in authority over your spirit I read a post uh, on Facebook about William Booth. He said, I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. And that wasn't bragging. 
he had realized that the kingdom of God was accessible and was in him, and that when he moved, atmospheres moved. And so what God is trying to train us to do is to change atmospheres, starting with how you feel. That's where you start. Change how you feel. Well, how do you do that? You decide you're not going to wake up in the morning and feel whatever negativity you feel. You pray in tongues, you get in the spirit, you put your foot down and say, in Jesus' name, I will feel this way. Your sound matters. What you say affects your world. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we want to say we are your sons and your daughters. Inasmuch as you created the world's by speaking, we are changing the world by speaking. That within inside of us is this power of resurrection, the life of God, and we will see it released in the earth. In Jesus' name, we will see it released in the earth. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Can we seal that with a shout? A shout of faith that says, yes, I'm going to release that confidence inside of me. Can you do that without embarrassment today? With all of your strength? One, two, three. So two things, uh, just one that, that is really quick. First of all, understand what we do here together is around being equipped. You understand that, right? The Bible tells us that, you know, he gave us apostles and prophets and evangelists and, and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints to do the work of ministry and the edification of the body of Christ. So that's what we do here, right, is we're getting trained up. So that's number one. And, and Gavin's testimony and Davina's testimony about, you know, coming into a place and, and, and understanding, hey, oh, my goodness, I'm actually trained. I'm, I'm trained in something. This is very cool. Okay. So number one is we're being trained. It's very important. Number two is this. Your maximum interval at a given point in time is your maximum interval. It is. Don't be embarrassed. You know what? If you get on, you know, the, 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 the machine and, and you can go two and a half minutes and you're done, well, then you're done at two and a half minutes at that point. The idea isn't that your first time on is the 15-minute interval. That's not the idea. The idea is actually your first time on might be 40 seconds. And you think in 15 minutes is never going to happen. That's not true. Actually, you've got the capacity. It's, it's in you as you build up, as you push against resistance. 
as you push against resistance again and again and again. And, and maybe your first time's 40 seconds, and maybe your next time's a minute, and maybe the next time's a minute and three seconds. And then the next day's back down to 55, but you keep working at it, and you keep working at it, you'll be at 15 minutes, and then beyond. That's how that thing works. And it is the same, you know, the physical training thing, it, it's the same. And if you push past your limit, because you think you have to, you will collapse, okay? I don't want to see any of you feeling like, oh my goodness, well, you know, Jesse was able to go far beyond what I was able to go. You know, that's all right. Jesse's been working at this really hard for quite a while. That's all right. We're not comparing. It's not my maximum interval. That's not the deal. It's your maximum interval. That's the deal. And so we're going to just keep working. We're just going to keep equipping. We're just going to keep training, and we're going to keep pushing against resistance, and we're going to give the mic to Ben. So there's something amazing that comes with everybody's at a different maximum interval, but there's an inherent joy that comes where if you did 2 minutes and 30 seconds last time, and he did 4 minutes and 50 seconds last time, but you increased you get to rejoice in that increase. And that is so, instead of going, oh, look at how little I've done compared to, look at how little, God doesn't actually care or look at that. God goes, 10 more seconds, bam! And actually, and that's something God's given me in my life as a gift, is I don't even see how little or how much the 10 seconds eclipses anything else. And I'm like, whoa, 10 seconds is huge. But actually, I want to speak that over our body, that actually there's almost an ignorance to how much or how little you measure up, but that there would be a joy and an inherent rejoicing that comes in what you're able to grow in. And God's treasure and gift to our body is that you're going to grow. It doesn't matter about being the best. Just do something for a really long time and you'll grow. It guaranteed. So, amen. And on that, well, <laughs> I, case in point, look at these people that came up here and shared. And, and I mean, think about it. The level of participation, the life not only just the ability to speak boldly, but the level at which the sharing is happening, starting with Chris and, and Gavin and all the different ones, uh, Jesse. That's the evidence of training. I'm telling you, uh, man, this, this, this is the best fruit I could have listening to these guys. And they could be you. It is you in your world, in your capacity. So let's just keep growing, busting past those, those uh, personal bests and getting another one and another one and watch them fall like dominoes and then suddenly you are magically become an influencer wherever you go. That's the kingdom at work. So bless you all. Give somebody a hug. Encourage somebody, prophesy over somebody, share over somebody, pray over somebody. But, man, this is a beautiful thing. Bless you all. <laughs>